I felt led this morning to talk about prayer. And as I looked back over the messages that I have brought so far, I thought, oh, <laughs> I talk about prayer <laughs> a lot. I've given you several messages on prayer. And I realized that's just the work that God has um, kind of riveted me on since I've been back from Taiwan to get more dependent. And that requires more prayer on the Lord. Hey, all right. <laughs> all right, so I named this message Big Picture Prayer. And I was thinking how often we have tunnel vision when it comes to prayer. Tunnel vision, meaning we are asking God to do something very specific, and we're looking for that one thing to happen. And what happens when that specific thing doesn't happen? We've got tunnel vision. And I feel like as I've been in the scriptures um, these last couple years and just noticing all the prayers in scripture, that God shows me he's at work at three different levels, not just what we can see. So this is called big picture prayer. We're going to look outside of what we can see to what God shows us. He is doing. He's always at work. And so that's what we're going to look at today. Now, I want to do something a little bit different. I'm going to ask you to stand. And we're going to read this scripture together from Hebrews 4, chapter 14 to 16. We're going to read it together. Then I'm going to do a short prayer. And at the end of my prayer, we're all going to say the Lord's Prayer together. Okay? All right, let's start. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's pray. How grateful we are, Heavenly Father. First of all, that we can call you our Father. That we are welcome to your throne room, and it's a throne of grace. Just waiting for us to cry out to you to come with confidence to your throne of grace. And how we praise you for that. And so, Lord, because we belong to you and because Jesus instructed us to pray, we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. May your kingdom come and your will be done in our earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. 
Well, I want to start with just a short personal testimony. So, uh, I want to do this. <laughs> okay, so two years ago this week was Rick's promotion to heaven. If you don't know, my husband Rick and I were serving in Taiwan as missionaries. He was in great health. He was a lot more fit than I was. He was the guy that every morning, as long as I knew him, when he'd pray with me, he would pray, Lord, may the last years of my life be more fruitful than the first. He would also say to God, let me go out strong. Like he didn't want to quit till he reached the finish line. He just wanted to really be um, actively involved in God's work till the day he died and give God praise because he did that. Had a very fruitful ministry in Taiwan. And the day before he had his heart attack was a great day. You know, we had no idea what was coming, but on the on Saturday, but on Friday, we just had a great day. God did several little sweet things for me to remember. But the most meaningful one is that morning in my quiet time, this verse jumped off the page at me. You know, when God's speaking to you, it's almost like one verse is in bold print, or I read this verse and I can't even go on because God is speaking to me. And I spent time just pondering this scripture. That night, we had English Bible study at our home. And uh, Rick loved that. I love that he got to do that his last day. That was his passion to be discipling people. And someone asked him a question, and I don't remember the question, but I remember Rick's answer. He said, this morning in my quiet time, God spoke to me from Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. And he went on to explain, and I'm just sitting there going, wow, that's pretty cool. Rick and I are not on the same Bible reading plan. He's one of those disciplined guys that has this little checklist. He checks off the box when he's read every day because he wants to be sure he gets through the word. In a year, he told me that year he got through it by June before he went home. But I just kind of skip and jump. So anyway, the fact that we both were on the same page that morning, that was like, wow, that's interesting. And when we went to bed that night, um, we were talking about it. After he prayed, he always prayed before we went to sleep. After he prayed, he said, Barb, I think God gave us that scripture for a reason. He looked at me and he said, hold on to it. And then he went to sleep. And that's the last time he prayed for me at night. So this is my word. God spoke this to me. And ever since, two years, I'm just yearning to really understand more how God wants me to depend on him and how, why he has given us the gift of prayer. Okay, scripture tells us he does. Over and over it tells us. So I want to just share three with you just in case you're wondering where God says this. Psalm 91.15 says, when he calls to me, I will answer him. 
I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. God says, when he calls, I will answer. Psalm 34, 17, when the righteous call for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. When the righteous call for help, the Lord hears. And for God to hear is to answer. God doesn't just hear and then file it in the back and say, I'll get to that sometime. For God to hear is to answer. Actually, the same word often in the Old Testament, hear and answer. Psalm 138.3, God gave this to me this week. It says, on the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. I was feeling pretty weak. I'm just being honest this week. Somehow those anniversaries get to me, but when the day that I call, he answers me and infuses his strength in me. So I asked, does God always answer prayer? Now let me ask you, does God always answer your prayers? Yes. Good. I would have to say, well, sometimes. <laughs> I can think of a many instances where I thought he didn't answer my prayers. I mean, it didn't look like he was answering my prayers. <laughs> and I wanted to share this picture of Rick with you. <laughs> he was a funny guy. He had a great sense of humor. So we're in Taiwan doing English ministry, loving it, but didn't have to have the language to go because we went late in life. So we did need some language to be out in public. <laughs> and this is our favorite word. Rick found a guy that makes t-shirts and got us each a t-shirt that said the word we used most often. That Chinese word is shema, and it means what? <laughs> like, that was the word we use most often. Like, what is that? <laughs> or what's going on here? I mean, it's really odd to live in a foreign club culture that's so different from us, and you just really don't understand what's being said around you and what's going on. So what was our, our most used word? <laughs> so um, sometimes I feel like that when I'm praying. I'm praying for something specific, like... I'm mean, just a random example, like, God, my grandson has a fever. He really wants to go to camp in the morning. Please let that fever be gone in the morning. I'm praying like that. And then I get up in the morning, find out his fever's even higher, and I go, what? <laughs> right? We are praying. Right. So... Does God always answer our prayers? Not in the way we think. And that's how I have come to this premise that we need to get a bigger picture of prayer. And this has come just through studying prayers in the Bible and paying attention. What is God doing? So this is my premise, and then we're going to go back and, and look at some scripture. First of all, I believe that God is working at the physical level where we can see. This is a prayer that we pray that's focused on changing our circumstances. Like, God, I really need your help, and this is what I need. Something we can see. This is when we're praying, Lord, change my circumstances. 
You've been there, right? We off, I think this is the kind of prayer we pray most often. If I'm in a prayer group, that's what we're praying for, for specific things that we can see. And God does answer those sometimes, physical needs. But sometimes he's working at the spiritual level. Actually, I would say he's always working at the spiritual level. These are prayers focused on our growth in godliness or sanctification is the theological word to be set apart for him. God is always at work in our inner man. And this is when we're saying, okay, Lord, I'm in this tough situation. What are you trying to teach me? Lord, change me. So I believe um, God values our spiritual needs more than our physical needs. And I'll get back to that. But always and in every prayer, he's at work for his glory. To me, that's the sole purpose of prayer, opening up the door to say, God, God, be glorified in this. This is prayer focused on God's kingdom, on God's glory. It's a prayer that says, God, let your glory be seen in my life. So that's my premise. We don't want to keep a small tunnel prayer, like God can only do this. I'm telling him exactly what to do, and that's what I'm expecting him to do. Let's get outside that tunnel. think, he's working at a couple other levels. So in every need we bring to God, he's often at work in more than one of these, physical, spiritual, or God's glory. So let's start with physical. These are the things I see with my eyes. These are external things outside of me, and these are temporal benefits. And that's where we live, right? We live on earth. We're concerned about the things that happen in our life. And so often our prayers are... um, I think we know how to pray like this, (laughs) to pray for temporal benefits. And and in the word, God tells us to. One example is Philippians 4, 6, where he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. There's nothing wrong about praying for these physical things that we need. He wants us to. If you're worrying about it, he says, stop it. Just pray. He says, I take care of the birds of the air. Don't you think I'll take care of you? So don't worry. Pray. Bring your specific request to God for physical needs. But the very next verse, he goes on to show us maybe what he's doing instead or alongside sometimes. Spiritual needs are the needs of my heart. They're the things inside me, the things my inner man needs to keep trusting him and to keep growing to be like him. These are eternal benefits. These are benefits that go far beyond this temporary life. And Paul shows us that in the very next verse. He says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know what he's saying to you? You can be in the worst imaginable thing you ever thought and still have peace. That's a miracle. That's where God is wanting to work. That's what God is doing. 
and it's all for his glory. My utmost desire is that God will answer my prayers in a way that shows how great he is. These are unselfish prayers in which I really don't care how God answers as long as he is glorified. God's glory can be seen by others in such a way that his kingdom is advanced. This is telling me that God wants us to display his glory. The things he does in us, the things he does for us, are all about showing everyone else how great he is. Whether it's the people you live with, whether it's the people who live by you, the people you work with, to, we should be different. We should be so full of his praise because of the things he does for us. God wants us to see what he does. He wants us to experience it in our inner man. And then he wants to proclaim, proclaim his glory. So this is a quote. I think it's a quote. I somehow had it memorized. I think it's from a book, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> Above all, the purpose of prayer is for God's glory and goodness to be seen. Stop. Above all, the purpose of prayer is for God's glory and his goodness. That's what's going to attract people to him. This is the right reason to pray. If what I am asking God for will not result in his glory, then I am not asking for the right things. There's a couple scriptures. Actually, there's many scriptures I had to narrow down I, to a couple, but we're, we're actually told this is what God is doing. John, this is Jesus talking, says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You know, I'm amazed um, in John 14 to 16, there are six times in those three chapters that Jesus says, whatever you ask, in my name. There's a qualifier there, and I think it's really important that we understand what that is. Didn't feel like I had time to go into that today, but just know it's not a blank check. Whatever you ask in my name, what you ask that will glorify God, that's what he wants to do. Absolutely. That's his whole purpose in us praying. James 4.3 gives us a little warning. It says, you ask and you don't receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your pleasures. I mean, sometimes all we're focused on, honestly, me, <laughs> all I'm focused on is like, I don't like this situation I'm in. Get me out of it. I'm focused on my comfort. I'm focused on my, uh, oh, it's usually comfort for me. I think I'm a comfort creature. Like, this is uncomfortable. Get me out of here. I don't feel good. I'm a wimp. Come on, get me out of this pain. <laughs> you know, it's focused on solely on me. I'm not even thinking about how I could glorify God at the moment. I remember it's not wrong to pray for physical things, but are we praying that God will do it in a way that makes him known, that shows how great he is. Okay, so the last time I spoke, I spoke about the Lord's Prayer. And, um, and we're going to go through that phrase by phrase, just to show the big picture in each phrase. So I, last time I spoke, I shared this outline. I've been writing a study on the Lord's Prayer. And so this has been... Uh, 
I've been pondering for several months, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I used to think the Lord's Prayer was just something some churches pray, and it's just kind of a rote thing. Oh, my goodness. There are reasons that Jesus instructed us to pray. When I start looking at it and go, why did you tell, tell us to pray that? And taking each phrase that way, it has just opened my understanding more to prayer. This is Jesus instructing us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer. And this is the outline I gave you last time. Praise, priorities, provision, problems, protection, and end in praise. means each of the phrases, we're going to go through them one by one. I started them with a P to help me remember. These are the things God wants us to talk to him about. These are like on his list. We have lists that we bring to him. This is his list of what he wants us to talk about. So praise, we always start with praise. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Don't just jump into prayer and go, oh God. I mean, there are times, of course, an emergency, but if it's, if it's your set aside time to pray, start with praise. I believe that is essential. And I believe there's a good reason Jesus told us to start with praise. Get the big picture of who you're praying to. That will build your faith as you pray. Think about how confident you can be to come into his throne room. That should create within us such a sense of respect. Like the throne room of Almighty God. We, me, I am welcome. I can come with confidence. I don't have to shrink before him and say, oh, I know I messed up yesterday, so you probably won't hear me. <laughs> Remember the throne of grace. And of course, if you know you have sin, he says, if you harbor iniquity in your heart, if you treasure it, then the Lord won't hear you. But we all sin every day, right? He doesn't wipe us off his list because we sin. We're welcome to come into his throne room. So start with prayer. The big picture of this is it's all about his glory. Start with an understanding of God's goodness and glory when you go into prayer. The second one, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is where God is saying, hey, make your priorities my priorities. Line your life up with what's important to me. Do you pray about your priorities? We have so many decisions to make. Over and over, we have many choices to make, and God says, pray about it. Say, God, I want your will more than I want what I want. I want you to do whatever you want to do in my life so that you'll be glorified. The big picture, again, is God's glory. We don't live for the same reasons that non-believers live with. We have a different purpose in life than they do. And it should be all about God's glory. And he does this in ways that we can see. Like, I know he guides me. I see doors open and doors close. Ways that we can see. And it's really a deep work in my heart because sometimes I say... 
I'm a little bit afraid, God, of what you might ask me to do. You know, if I totally surrender to you, are you going to send me to Africa? (laughs) With no heat or no air conditioning, no. He said, I'll just send you to Taiwan where it's hot and humid. And by 8 o'clock in the morning, it's already over 100 with 100% humidity. Now, you know, sometimes I'm afraid. And God says, Barb, just, just get your heart to this place. If you want what I want, you'll be on this incredible journey with me. It is an incredible journey when we we just say, God, whatever you want. Here I am. I am your servant. This is a heart attitude of submission. When we come in God, to God, to his throne room, we need to have a heart of submission for him to do what he wants. Then he tells us provision. These are the the subtitles or the outline. When he says, give us this day our daily bread. Yes, he's concerned about our physical needs. He says, sure, bring those to him. Give me today what I need. Do you notice that word daily? He didn't say, why are you worrying about five years from now? You don't need to be praying about five years from now and whether you're going to have a roof over your head in five years from now. Trust me, pray about today. That's our physical needs. God's saying, pray about what you need. And it's all for his glory again. All for his glory again. I marvel at the times he's provided for me in ways that were totally outside the box that I never even saw how it was going to happen and it happened. God has always been faithful. I have never gone hungry. He's taken such good care of me. And our heart's attitude that God's wanting to work in us through this part of the Lord's Prayer is saying, he's saying, come on, just depend on me. Depend on me the way the birds do. Well, maybe some of the birds don't have to because you're feeding them. (laughs) But God says, I take care of the birds. I'm going to take care of you. Depend on me. And the next part of the the Lord's Prayer, I wanted to find a word that starts with P, of course. So I thought of it as problems. Because when we come to God and we say, God, forgive me. You know, at the root of every problem, you know, at the root of every problem is sin. The root of every problem I have in my life can be my sin or someone else's sin. The root of every problem in any relationship I have, the root of that is sin. So we come to God and we say, forgive us. That takes humility to even look at myself and say, God, how did I offend you today? Do you pray about that every day? Do you go to God and say, God, you know, when I lay my head down at night and I think back over the day, I say, God, show me. How did I offend you today? takes humility to even want to see it. And then it takes mercy and grace because guess what? We're all failures. How does that feel? I just called you a failure, just like me. (laughs) Who of us represents Jesus well every single moment of our life? None of us. 
None of us are Jesus. Every day we stumble in little ways, big ways. God says, when you stumble, I'm going to hold your hand and pick you right back up. Psalm 37. So this big picture is really focused on our inner needs, our heart. God's working in us some eternal benefit when we're praying this. He's keeping the, the relationship open between us. Sin comes between us and God. God doesn't move. He's always there. But sometimes we feel like he's not because sin has cut that connection. So he needs us. He's telling us, this is what's good for you. Pray about your sin problem every day. The next is protection. And, you know, so many of these phrases in the Lord's Prayer, I realized I hardly ever pray like this. Like, when do I pray? Lord, lead me not into temptation today. <laughs> Maybe that shows how arrogant I am to think that I don't need to pray that, but that just hadn't been a part of my prayer life. God sees how vulnerable we are. I'm just going to ask you a question. Who in here is deceived? Nobody. Okay. <laughs> you know why we're not deceived? Because if we're deceived, we don't know we're deceived, right? <laughs> That's what it means to be deceived. Do you know what sin does? Sin deceives us. So, yeah, pretty powerful prayers. God, don't take me down that road. Let me be open-eyed to see when I'm headed down that road of temptation. And stop me. This big picture could be physical, can be spiritual. God, when he says to pray, deliver us from evil, we are in a spiritual battle every single day. It's not just that we have an enemy whose name is Satan. We're in a battle against our flesh and against the world. We have three enemies. Spiritual battle every day. Are you up for it? Are you praying, God, deliver me today? Deliver me. If I get, start to get caught, deliver me. Don't let me stay in sin or walk down that path. Again, physical need, a spiritual need, and it's all about God's glory. Sadly, I've known... We all know... Or have heard Christian leaders who have somehow gotten on the wrong path. What does that do for God's glory? And it's not just Christian leaders. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian leader. You don't have to be a pastor or a missionary for, for Satan to be trying to trip you up. I think he works harder on those on the front line. We need to pray for our pastor and his family. But he's trying to trip us all up. And you know why? He wants to destroy God's reputation. That's the enemy's job. Trying to destroy God's reputation. Saying, the people around you say, look at that person. They say they're Christian and they do this. Okay, so this is a really vital prayer. Jesus is instructing us to pray. Our heart's attitude should be humility, Realizing all of us are vulnerable. Submission, dependence, and an awe and fear of God. 
and it ends. The Lord's Prayer. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Sometimes I think if we could just get a, a better grasp of how temporal this life is. Rick and I had no idea he was going to have a heart attack. He was healthy and strong. This life is short. It's like a pinprick compared to eternity. What really matters is not our comfort and ease and wealth and health and prosperity. It, even the American dream, that's not what matters to God. Do you know some of the most joyful people I've ever met came from countries where it's illegal to be a Christian? Oh, my goodness. I'm so humbled by those people. One young man from Saudi Arabia was in our Taiwan church. He just... <laughs> Sometimes we need to just get a grasp that we are here for such a short time. And it's not about our earthly comfort. We are headed into eternity. Everyone around us is headed into eternity. Do you know that? Do you care about that? Are there people you know and love and work with that don't have a clue what they're headed into? This is all about our God's glory. That's why we are here. So I think the big picture when we pray is that God wants us to pray for physical needs so that we can see his glory. Sometimes we need to see it to have our faith built up. God understands that. Sometimes he lets us see exactly what we're praying for. But it's also so that we can experience his glory deep within like, to me, the real miracle is when, say, I have a good friend. She's my age. She's in a wheelchair because of an accident. And that woman, I love to go visit her. She has so much joy and peace. She can't get out and go anywhere by herself. She lives alone. That's a miracle. That's why I say God values. He wants to pour into our spirit the ability to experience real peace, real joy, real hope. When everything around us looks hopeless, we're not. Because it's an inner work of his spirit, a spiritual need that we can pray about. If you're feeling lack of peace, you know, those are the things God wants to answer right away, I believe. Just like Psalm 138.3. When I pray, he answers me and gives me the strength I need. He infuses my soul with strength so that we can proclaim his glory. That's the whole reason we pray. He needs our mouths to proclaim his goodness, 
to tell people how great he is. Our mouth should be full of praise every day. And if you start the day in, in praise, you'll end it in praise. I, it happens in my life. Do you know, sometimes I was challenged, I think it's Psalm 1, 101, somewhere in there. The whole prayer is only praise. Start your day like that. I do that occasionally when I feel kind of down and like struggling and burdened. I just, my whole prayer time is just praise. You know what that does? Wow. Gets me back up. <laughs> Gets me back up to where God is. Can work through me. Proclaim his glory so that others can see. So that the world around us will see. What a great God we have. People be attracted to that kind of glory, to that kind of goodness. I think that's my last. Okay. Okay. That's big picture prayer. I hope you leave today. If you're focused on something, I have something I've prayed about for years that still hasn't happened. I understand that tunnel vision. I hope today you'll take a look at the things you've been asking God to do and look, see what is he doing inside of you through this and what is he doing through this situation for his glory. Let's pray. Father God, it's your word. It's not my word. It's your word that opens our understanding, that gives us a picture of who you really are and what you want to do in and through us. Lord, you know as a body here at HCC, we're headed into a change, a good change, one we've been anticipating and looking forward to. Father, would you get us all on the same page? I pray that you create within us as a, as a body a desire to see your glory, to proclaim your goodness. You would fill our mouths with praise. We want your glory, Lord, to rest on us. We want you to have your way with us so that the people in Harrisonville, so that they know our God reigns, our God rules, our God loves us, our God loves them. All we can say is, God, we're in awe of you. And we love you. And we thank you for the access you've given us to come to your throne of grace for all the help we need. We pray because of the mighty name of Jesus. We look forward to how you're going to keep working here at HCC. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.